When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football Australia has found that Melbourne Victory has brought the game into disrepute following the unacceptable actions of the club's active supporters. We're also uh, very aware that this is not the first time that we have had an issue with Melbourne Victory. In 2016, we had uh, an invasion of the pitch. In 2022, we had the Cavallo incident. In 2022, we also had the 2021 Australia Cup because it was played in 2022 issue where fans also damaged LED and entered the pitch when they were um, um, celebrating a goal. Um, So this is really uh, an aggravation of those issues. That was uh, Football Australia CEO James Johnson, uh, who was breaking down the sanctions for Melbourne victory. So the basics of the sanctions, and we'll speak to Adam Peacock in a moment, who's he's ready to rock and roll. Um, so no uh, north or south end terraces for the rest of the season. Uh, no designated victory supporter areas at away games. No points deduction, a suspended 10-point deduction until the end of the 2025-26 season. Game uh, The game between victory and city to be replayed in April. And the Melbourne Victory were also handed $450,000 in fines, which will go to City, uh, the FA, uh, and toward the replayed match. So uh, plenty happening there. Adam Peacock's a man who does plenty of good work for us uh, via SEN Sydney. And uh, he knows more about this stuff and uh, where it lands than us. And he's here to break it all down for us. Good afternoon, Adam. Hey, guys. How are you? We are well. Uh, where did you land with uh, what I've just read out and what the sanctions are? Are you um, are they fair and reasonable? Is this what you thought may happen, or is it a bit of a surprise one way or the other? Yeah, I reckon they could have gone a tad stronger and maybe given an immediate points deduction. But the, I mean, they're pretty significant sanctions. It's the biggest ever fine in Australian football history. They've got the spectre of, of a ten point fine, which. If it happens any time in the next three and a half seasons, well, that pretty much rules them out of of being as successful as they want to. It's it's like three plus games um, straight up of, of hard work down the toilet. At the moment, um, any idiot decides to jump the fence. So, yeah, so it's they're harsh, but I reckon my personal feeling was the immediate deterrent should have been a, a points deduction. But they've gone this way, and they're the regulatory body, so it's, it's they're not far off in, in what I thought they would do. Um, but still, it's it's pretty heavy stuff for the club. It certainly is, particularly from a financial uh, point of view, because you know the A League's not not flush for cash, and the teams are you know doing their best. Some teams are doing better than others, but from a financial point of view, what type of repercussions might this have on Melbourne Victory moving forward? Will it be you know less coaches or players, or how do you think it might impact them? Because almost half a million dollars—that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's um, well, 450 of it is is straight up hard cash, straight up, and then there's a, another suspended hundred thousand dollar fine hanging over them as well. Um, not in my eyes, not as harsh as the ten points, obviously, but I, I think it's 
it's not just the, the immediate cash, it's the reputational damage that you do and the conversations that you have with sponsors and potential sponsors going forward. Now, Melbourne Victory have got a lot of people, a lot of smart people involved with their football club um, from, from the chair down. Now, the, the chair we haven't heard from too much. It's um, the CEO that um, has done a lot of the talking. And, look, they'll have to find a way to navigate through it. Are they the club that could possibly do it, with the exception of Melbourne City, who are owned by um, the Abu Dhabi-based um, City Football Group? Victory are the, probably the ones in the league that could withstand it, but still it's a mortal blow for the, for their bottom line and they've struggled through COVID. They're only just coming out of that. They've repaired their relationship with their fans, but then 150 idiots um, undo it all in, in one moment of madness. Very good afternoon to you, Adam. Do you think this strikes the balance of punishing those that were culpable but then not impacting those who are innocent, like the team, the players, the general fans, the ones, the families that do go along? Have they struck the yeah, balance all right? I, I think so. With the actual fans, the day-to-day fans, they experience. Look, that they now they go to the rest of the season. They're five points out of the uh, six at the moment. They go the rest of the season. If they cop the ten now, they're, they're gone for the final series. They can't make up fifteen games in mm. one half of one half of season of football. So, does it impact their their fan day experience? No. But the, the areas that are closed, it's it's rows A to J of Bay Thirty Eight of the North End. And the areas behind, directly behind the goals at the south and north end, it's only three rows are tarped off. So it's not the entire thing totally tarped off. It, it'll just be that section, basically, of where those fans came from who jumped the fence. Um, the rest, the north end and, and the like, it's going to look a bit different. It's going to feel a bit different. The rest of the stands with the other um, victory season ticket holders, they'll be fine to, to get in and enjoy their experience. And that's what James Johnson said. He, he said he didn't want to ruin the... The, the experience for the the vast, vast majority, his words, not mine, of good people who go to victory games and support their team for the right reasons. So, yeah, it, it'll feel like a big hit. Um, I, I reckon a lot of victory fans feel a bit empty about still about what happened on December 17 and also that the, the thing that set the wheels in motion for this, which was the, the decision, which was why the, the fans were protesting in the first place. Regardless, they went totally overboard. It's not excusing that behaviour on December 17 at the game, but the, the grand final decision to take it away to Sydney, like a lot of Victory fans feel empty about that. They'll never, even if Victory are good enough to host a grand final, they won't get to host a grand final. So there's a bit of work to be doing there. But yeah, it doesn't punish them in real terms right now, that decision today. Uh, there's, a, there's a really uh, good text, and I'll use that as a premise for my next question, Adam. How, how can, what, what are there identifiable things that the club should have and could have and should do in the future that they didn't do to stop the individuals storming the field? Like, was there was there much more that a club and when you say a club, that's a thing. I'm talking about you know, people involved around the club. Is there more that they should have and could have done to prevent these guys and maybe girls from going on the field, or is it purely the fact that you barrack? for Melbourne victory and will punish the club and hopefully by extension punish you guys and, and not allow this or prevent this from happening moving forward? Yeah, it's, it's a really complex one because like in an ideal world, these, these people are just weeded out through a natural mm. process within the fan groups. Like fans go, stop doing that. Stop throwing flares. Mm. Stop doing that. But it doesn't seem to be that that notion of self-regulation amongst um, sections and it's small sections of the crowd. Now, we, we don't want to go to sporting events and have snitches and you know have 
self-reporting lines that if you see any behaviour like and, and how do you define one person what one per- yeah. person finds really offensive the next person doesn't find as offensive type thing so it's it's a really hard thing to self-regulate but I, I think the line pretty much the line is is pretty apparent if you throw or go onto the pitch well you've crossed the line if you throw a flare in amongst fans you've crossed the line so I, I can't see why you can't regulate against that if you're part of a fan group so say if you're going to rip a flare, which we all loved, by the way, at Federation Square, mm. let's not forget the World mm. Cup. Like we thought, wow, how good does that look? But all of a sudden, because it's done an A-League game, it's the worst thing in the world. Well, no, if you're going to rip a flare, don't throw it. Yeah, It's bloody dangerous. It's that simple. And, and a lot of people listening will go, why do you need to take a flare to a game? Well, I don't know. That's part some part of playing culture. I've never got it, but... Anyway, it's it's a complex matter, and I don't know how they self-regulate, but they've got to find a way to, to start doing it because, yeah, it's, it's bringing the whole thing down. Does this put all the other clubs on notice as well, just around fan behaviour? Oh, yeah, I think they get it, though. The, the vast majority of fans around the league. Look, Melbourne Victory have got the noisiest support, absolutely. Like Western Sydney Wanderers did have it back in the day, mm. but they've kind of their, their numbers have dwindled as success has avoided the what's going on on the pitch with their team that they might be coming back this year as that they, they improve but this grand final decision they're against as well but victory is the loudest and proudest so I think they're a bit of an outlier in that regard and yeah the, the city fans shouldn't get off scot-free anyway that the handful of idiots in the city group um, at that end who, who started throwing flares onto the pitch as well during that game they shouldn't get off scot-free but um, yeah it's a it's it's Victory are the one with the biggest problem, obviously, at the moment, and they've they've got to find a way to fix it. They most certainly do. Uh, Adam Peacock, thanks for your time. We can uh, uh, hear from you on SEN up in Sydney and Code Sports as well. We appreciate you giving us a little bit more insight into uh, these um, uh, sanctions and, and, and how Melbourne Victory go about things moving forward. Thanks for your time. All good. Have a good day, guys. There we go. Jeez. There's Adam Peacock. And, and don't forget, uh, tonight on Sports Day after 6 p.m., Melbourne Victory's Managing Director, Caroline Carnegie, will be on Sports Day. So that'll be uh, something that you should not miss and must not miss. So there you have it. Um, sanctions all around, very much financially uh, uh, financial heavy with almost well, half a million dollars in, yeah. in cold, hard cash. And that's... Uh, not cash that A-League clubs have just got lying around. So uh been a big day, another sad day, but we always had to get to this point with the sanctions for Melbourne victory. Let's get a break out of the way. We've got a couple of uh, callers there as well. We'll get to Aaron and Roy on the other side.